And so for everyone who is on the call, if you're listening in English, to click on the English and mute original audio. And then if you're listening in Spanish, to click on Spanish and mute original audio. And today we have a new interpreter. Um, Martin is going to be doing the interpretation. So um, Sakirati and I are going to have to try and speak a little slower than normal, <laughs> because I think this is Martin's first time doing the simultaneous translation. Okay, let's see. I'm going to put, I'm going to pin you, Sakirati, me, and we put us together. Um, Okay, um, so we're going to get started. Um, and I want to welcome Sakirati for being brave and bold and coming um, to share his story with us. Um, interestingly enough, a number of devotees have <clears throat> um, been very afraid to come on to, <laughs> to do this. I understand. <laughs> so, how are you feeling about yeah. it, Sakirati? Well, I didn't think about it until half an hour ago when I started being nervous. <laughs> and okay. uh, still, uh, I am nervous, but I'm here. Yes. It's a nice opportunity for me, mainly. I think getting nervous before any kind of presentation is highly normal. Yeah. And um, I think pretty much about 99% of us experience that. Um, so I'm going to read um, your little bi your bio, and then um, I'll start. We can have a dialogue after that. Um, so I want to welcome all our participants. Um, we're doing interviews today. Um, and most of you, I think, have been following the series. So I'm not going to go into much depth about the um, concept behind it. We are using the um, hero's journey as a template for looking at the sadhaka journey, um, relating the sadhaka's journey to some of the aspects of the hero journey, especially the mess, well, the beauty and the messiness, but the messiness being some of the trials and tribulations that we go through in our journey that sometimes we don't um, we're not able to, to see as being um, a good part of the journey. We feel sometimes that this is a really negative aspect of our journey. And we're trying to change that paradigm that a lot of devotees have, that maybe God's punishing me or um, this is something that shouldn't be happening. Um, so here's Sakirati's bio. Uh, Sakirati Devi Dasi. Devi is part of her name. Guru Maharaj explained it as the goddess of Sakyarati, Radharani in the form of Subal. So that's very beautiful that you have that name. And she was born in Japan. What, what year were you born, Sakirati? When? What year? 86. Yeah. 1986. Okay. Yeah. Then we can figure out your age from that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and 
At the age of five, she moved to Italy. And then at the age of 19, she booked a one-way ticket to London. And since then, she's been traveling. So quite an independent spirit. Um, at the age of 24, she walked the San Diego de Compostela pilgrimage in Spain. Um, soon afterward, she felt a calling to go to India. And her plan was to, to go to Auroville, um, Pontchicherry, but instead she ended up staying at a temple in Vrindavan for about three years. So there is, that is where she um, started her bhakti journey. And when the leader of the Sangha she belonged to was revealed to be an abusive imposter, she escaped from the temple and went to an ashram at Radhakund. Soon after, she was offered a place to stay with a friend in Bulgaria. And it was later on in Bulgaria that she first heard of Swami Tripurari and began having a different approach to bhakti. She now lives with her husband, Shamananda Das in Sweden which is Shamananda's home country. There, Sakirati Devi is starting her own business as an online yoga teacher with the goal of bringing more guests to Madhavan. Um, and she's producing a podcast where she interviews spiritual practitioners about putting theory into practice. So you've been doing the interviewing yeah. part, right? And yes. <laughs> now you get to, to experience the interviewee side of it. Mm -hmm. So you've had quite a diverse multicultured background, I would say. I do. Yeah. Yes. So I'm curious if you see how that may have con contributed to your ending up on a spiritual path or um, just how you see that. Yeah, this for sure, because like um, my dad, I mean, he's not practicing, but I was born in a Shinto family. So my grandparents, um, they had uh, a temple room in their home and they were offering food every day. And of course, they were not Radha and Krishna, but the concept was there. And uh, my mom also, she... At the beginning, she was Christian, I think, but now she's Buddhist. She has um, she has gotten initiation from the Dalai Lama. Mm. And uh, after being with my dad, my mom had two other kids, my other brothers, who has a Muslim dad. So we are <laughs> really multicultural. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the beautiful thing is that we all respect each other. No one ever mm. tried to convert anyone. We are very open. So God was always there in some form in my life. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> when you were younger, growing up, were there any moments that you can look back on and say really showed you or gave you hints that you were destined for um, a different kind of life? Yeah, well, um, 
you know, I'm half Japanese and half Italian. And um, when I moved to Italy, I, I moved with my dad and with my two elder brothers in a very, very small town. I don't know if they have more than 200 people even there. So <laughs> very, <really> very close. <laughs> yes, very, very small. And uh, like in Japan, I was never Japanese because they could see I'm not Japanese. But also in Italy, I was never Italian because they could see I'm foreigner, you know, kind of. And somehow, like then in the 90s, people didn't really make a difference between China and Japan. They thought it's practically the same, which it's definitely not. So I always felt different from everyone. And also my dad was very strict. I was not so happy in my childhood. So I always thought, oh, when I grew up, I'm going to just leave. And actually I did it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. Are, are you still in touch with your parents at this point? Have you kept? Not with my dad, but with my mom, because at the age of 15, I moved from my dad to my mom because in Italy at the age of 14, you can legally choose with which parent you want to say. So it took me one year to find the courage to tell my dad that I want to go to my mom. And, um, and since then he doesn't talk to me. I tried to contact, but he is very Japanese. Mm. And with my mom at the beginning was actually terrible. <laughs> mm. Like we were just fighting all the time. But now we have a very good relationship and I'm, I'm very happy about mm. this relationship. Yeah. Very nice. So, <clears throat> yeah, I was just, you know, thinking about, well, at age 24, you went on a pilgrimage in Spain. Mm. What prompted that to... You know, you know, what were you, what were you hoping to find on that? I'm not really sure, but um, at that time of my life, I was, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a partner, and I was living by myself, and uh, I had a great job uh, with a good salary, and I was working seasonally. So I had like three to four months uh, mm. free every year paid so that I could travel and do things. And I had a very, very good friend and uh, she's also kind of spiritual. And we just thought to go there and we went. <laughs> yeah. What, what was that like for you? What, what happened on that trip? That was really um, really really intense and like in a positive way because um, like you, we just started like we went off of the airplane and I think we took a taxi to uh, an Airbnb or something and then the day after we start walking and uh, it was raining, it was raining a lot. 
but we just didn't give up and we were walking like now I don't remember how many kilometers but we walked a lot for 10 days every day waking up start walking and this path is made for pilgrimage so every few kilometers you find a small kind of airbnb or something and everyone is just it was just so helpful and nice and kind it was like everyone was happy just that we were walking that path and i saw this in others like how happy they were mm. and an interesting thing it was that the first four or five days it was raining a lot and uh, somehow some journalists shoot us so we got up on the newspaper and we were not reading spanish newspapers but <laughs> someone found us and said oh you too are the one on the newspaper they say i don't think so <laughs> and then they show us the newspaper and we were there <laughs> walking in the rain like with the hoodie like this <laughs> oh do you have that picture actually no but oh. and i'm sorry <laughs> but uh, yeah i have many other pictures and a very nice mm -hmm. memory and that really kind of opened a lot my mind and the way to see people mm. because also like in my teenage time i did a lot of drugs and i was in very bad uh, company and mm. uh, but somehow from inside i was always kind of searching for some meaning in life something and that's really open uh, a big part of my heart mm. in order to welcome something bigger than what was in my life. <laughs> that was your first <clears throat> real experience with yeah. spiritual people on a spiritual journey yeah. like you like you were also, but you mm. had, yeah, but you were just really discovering that at this point, it sounds like. Yeah. So then afterwards you had this the call, you got the call to mm. to go to India an invitation yeah. how did that yeah. happen how did... <laughs> that was also very interesting like uh, afterwards my mom told me that when she was pregnant of me uh, during her meditation because she was also teaching yoga uh, all the time like auroville and um, uh, what is the name of Aurobindo, uh, mm. they were always coming into her meditations, but I figured it out after. So that was interesting. And somehow I always feel attracted to India. I never had anything in relation with India or I never, at least in this life. And, um, uh, and yeah, and one day I saw on the newspaper in the town where I was living that an old friend of mine that I didn't see since years was serving food on the street in India. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's amazing because I always wanted to do some charity or work or this, and I want to go to India. This is just perfect. I had to contact him. Mm. 
but I didn't see him since years. So I thought, I don't really know who to ask, but I will figure it out. And then the weekend of that week, I went to a concert and he was there. And I thought, oh God, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, how are you doing? This couldn't possibly be my yes. chance. <laughs> So I immediately approached him and we start talking and I said, like, can you just help me going to India or doing some charity? I want to go to India. And uh, he said, yes, yes, of course. And he is a devotee, but I had no idea at that time. Mm. So I thought, you know, I want to start from the north and traveling down and, uh, and end up to Pondicherry where there is this Orville village. And uh, he said, um, yeah, with who are you going? And then I say, I'm going by myself because <laughs> I like to make travels by myself because people approach me in a different way. Like I feel more like, you know, if you travel in a couple or with more people, usually the locals, they don't really approach you. But if you're alone, they come and they think, you need help. Oh, she's lonely or <laughs> she's alone. Oh, I have to help her. So I say, I'm going by myself. And he say, mm, but you know, India, maybe better if you go first in a place I know is safe. And then from there you can move and, you know, you get to know India and this and that. And that place was Vrindavan. So. <laughs> wow. You, you started yeah. off at that. <laughs> The holiest of places. <laughs> yeah. So like in, I think not even a week after I talked to him, I bought my ticket. And then the way to go there was kind of uncomfortable. Like mm -hmm. I had many, like my car broke and I had to spend so much money to repair it. Then uh, I was wearing contact lenses and, uh, mm. and on the way there, like in the check-in, the lady asked me if I have any check-in luggage and I say, no, I don't, but it was included in the, in the ticket. So she said, why don't you give me your handbag so you travel more light? And I thought, oh yeah, sure. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about some practical things I had inside. Mm. And, uh, and one of those was my glasses. Mm. So like very soon after, I kind of, mm, how you say? Like when you do Rob, like this, brought my eye, eye yeah. and my contact lens fell. Mm. So I, I did like 36 hour travel with only one contact lens. And to read the screen, I was going around like this. It was really uncomfortable. And, mm. um, and when I arrived there, it was super hot. And uh, I couldn't find the taxi driver at the beginning. Then I found it. And then this, this man was, I don't know, like, you know, all, all the time chewing this things there too mm, yeah. this palm yeah. with spices and tobacco and whatever and then while driving he was opening the door 
and going very much down with almost half of his body to speed outside the door the the door and for many seconds he was just not looking in front of the car and <laughs> he stopped in some alcohol shop and he bought i don't know how many bottles of alcohol like liquor and i was like am i really doing this by myself <laughs> like, it's not mm -hmm. so safe <laughs> and then at the entrance of Vrindavan, I don't know if some of you might know, there is the main, I mean, now there is the highway, but back then there was the main uh, road. Then if you go to the right, you go to Radakun. If you go to the left, you go to Vrindavan, kind of like five, 10 kilometers. And he stopped there and he said, uh, yeah, we are in Vrindavan. If you want to get to the temple, you have to give me he say some numbers of rupees. And I just say, well, I don't have any money. The temple will pay you, so you better get me there. And then <laughs> and then he drove me there. But you know, I was just thinking, maybe, maybe all this I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, wow. it's just so hard. And then um and then I arrived to the temple, but uh, then the things changed like uh, everything was suddenly super beautiful and I liked very much like um, as I mentioned before my grandparents they had the temple room they were offering food mm. and then I saw those people are also doing these things this is amazing I'm at home you know and they have mm. temples and um, everyone is bowing down to others and you know Japanese they all, all the time doing that and I said this is just amazing those people are beautiful and everyone is so kind I mean you know devotees how they can be they're just wonderful people <laughs> so then after that I thought okay I'm in the right place wonderful yeah what what temple did you end up going to is that the uh, Munger Mandir. Where? In Vrindavan, Munger Mandir is called. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, better yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> and is it, it's a, um, a Gaudiya Vaishnav temple? Yeah, kind so, of. Kind of, okay. Yeah, like I didn't have any background of devotional life in Bhakti. So, you know, for me, it was whatever they say, they say, you know, but yeah. yeah, he was, he still were orange, but his wife and his family were there and many things like preaching to not study philosophy because we are doing everything with love, with this, with that, like, so kind of go so down. Yeah, kind yeah. of go down, but yeah. But philosophically, not, yeah, not exactly. accurate. Wasn't an accurate yeah. presentation. Yeah. So, and was that the temple that the, your friend had told you yeah. to go to? Okay. Yeah. So that was the one he was involved in. Yeah, actually, he was there was for ask a couple of there. days. Mm. Yeah, he was already there for a couple of days, but then he moved, he went back 
to Europe with his wife. I think his wife was also there, yeah. So there were parts of it that were very attractive to you. The, the some of the, the, the beautiful ritual, spiritual yes. practices. And um, so it was inviting somehow Krishna got you to be in Vrindavan. <laughs> yes. Um, but then and it sounds, sounds like then there was some something some messiness that happened <laughs> yes. and yeah. how, you were how, how long were you in that temple when and what happened that yeah well from the uh, first time I went to the last time were three years but I went back to Italy and to work other two times because the first time I stayed there I don't remember maybe a couple of months okay but uh, and then I decided I, I want to live in India, but I still had my summer job. Um, mm -hmm. So I went there I, and I, I said, this will be my last season. I'm going to work. And then I went to India. And then one more time I went to Switzerland to work a couple of months and then back to India. And I stayed mm -hmm. there. And somehow, you know, like... I grew up all also the place where I was living in South Tyrol. It's just so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places on earth for sure. Mm. And I had a great job, a nice flat, a car, a beautiful dog, but I was never totally happy. There was always something missing. Mm. And also I had many friends that most of them are still friends now but still there was something missing and when I went to to India I just thought like wow like there is much much more than just a, a nice material life you know mm -hmm. and there is a purpose and there is a God and mm -hmm. that is Krishna actually at the beginning I was I loved everything but I thought it's Krishna is a little weird, so I, I will go, I'm going to wait for that. <laughs> I'm not sure about it. <laughs> In what way was Krishna a little weird for you? <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that he was, uh, first of all, every painting I saw of him, I thought it was a female figure. Mm. And, um, and some some stories like to me they were just not making much sense you know mm. like he's stealing butter here and there like just behaving like a normal person mm. it was just make not much sense to me but <laughs> afterwards i learned <laughs> who krishna is mm -hmm. and also it said like in the temple i was we were and he, the guru there was just preaching about radha radha here oh we don't care about krishna and then I was fine with it. Yeah, I love, I like Radha. She, she looks more <laughs> normal. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah. So I was very, very, very fanatic at the beginning. Like, mm. you know, I thought, oh, I got the key, the life, you know, and all the rest, my past life, like, Bah, that's that's nothing. I'm gonna move to India, saying bye to everyone. 
I, I closed all my social media at that time, didn't have any, I would just stay in the temple. I was chanting so much, like too fanatic, obviously. And, um, and I was just into that, I was happy. But um, what I discover afterwards, what I learn after is that I was actually attached to my previous guru as a father figure because I was really looking to that. I was missing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was always calling me like my daughter and treating me very nice, like extremely nice. I was kind of privileged, but not privileged, but very close to him. And I was just uh, seeking for that fatherly love, not really looking what was happening around. So I was very, very close to him. I could see many things he was not doing right. But I always thought, oh, he's, he's a guru. He can do everything. Mm. He can do this. He can do that. And you cannot question what he, do, he does until he, he gave me some very, very hard tasks, like service, let's say. And, um, and a friend of mine that was in Europe and she realized what I was doing. Uh, she said, you shouldn't do that. You should ask, absolutely not do that. That's not service to Krishna or Radha. That's just slavery. <laughs> and then I say, but no, I'm doing for Guru, for Guru Dev. Maybe you can't understand this and that. Mm. And then she said, no, you should not do that. And then she opened up and she told me what he did to her. And he sexually abused her more than one time. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like very confused, but I totally 100% trust her. Like she's not just a known person. She's a very close friend and I know she's sincere. Yeah. So... At the beginning, I was like, mm, what should I do? I left everything I have. Everything I, I had at that time, it was in that temple. Oh. And um, he actually at that time also told me to close my contacts with my family, with my mom and everything, you know. So he kind of was grooming you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I literally had nothing, but uh, so I went in front of the altar at the temple and I just asked, how, how can you, to the deities, Radha and Krishna, I asked them, how can you allow this to happen in your home? Like, that's not possible. So, but at the beginning I thought, I will stay here anyway, but I will only go to, to his classes and I will withdraw from services and this and that. But I couldn't, obviously. I went there to a, to a class and I just heard all his words and voices with another meaning totally. It was just like, oh my God, how could I be so blind? Yeah. So, I just went to my room 
and I didn't say anything to anyone. And I called a taxi to come and pick me up at four in the morning and I start packing everything. And, um, and I wrote because I also didn't know many sannyasi or other gurus. I was very much into that world, that, that place. Yeah. And, um, but I had, um, I thought it was, I, I mean, I trusted him at that time, uh, a brahmachari from Switzerland and uh, a guru from Sweden. So for me, those two were kind of very senior that I can trust and write to. And the one from Sweden, he say, oh, run out from there, go away and tell to everyone you see in your, what is happening there, go to the police, do this. But for me, it was a little bit too much. Mm. Also because it's like they're telling you, I don't know, your son or your dad is a sexual abuser. I mean, here, whoa, what should I do? Oh. And, um, and then, um, and the other one, the Brahmachari from Switzerland, he was like, no, calm down, don't worry, we can talk about, I will talk to him. They were just saying, he's just gonna... yeah, two extremes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, totally <laughs> extreme. <laughs> and, um, and I went to this temple in Radakun and I stayed there um, maybe a couple of days or three days, but then I was like going in a kind of very strong mentally and physically cries like I couldn't eat and um, I was just crying all day all night I couldn't sleep I was trying to contact someone to to help me to tell me what can I do yeah. and um, and then my friend from Bulgaria she said just come here and uh, I bought the ticket and I flew the same day and I didn't say to anyone where I was and fun yeah. facts when I went down in Bulgaria I checked on Google map where Bulgaria was actually <laughs> I wasn't sure about it and then uh, I kind of hide in her in her house for a couple of months and and I can say I was in a very very deep depression because I was awake maybe four to five hours a day. The rest of the day I was just sleeping and asking myself what the heck is happening and why and how. And um, yeah, after a month and a half or two, my friends, she's also a devotee and uh, she say, okay, now you have to start going out. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I feel so good here. I want to stay here. She said, no, they're doing some kirtan evening and uh, you should come with me. So I start showing up a little bit, but not saying because the devotees there in Bulgaria, they, they, are not, they were not his disciple. But still, I met them in India in that temple. So mm -hmm. they were somehow connected. But everyone, because I contact also his own guru, 
that later on turn out to be in Italy you say made of the same dough I don't know if it mm, makes sense made of the same dough yeah yeah <laughs> and um, and everyone was just telling me you have to shut up you don't have to say this to anyone that you will just disturb their fate and this and that and I was just disturb their fate I, I believe that I don't want anyone to go through what I went through but maybe there is a way in between how can I just not say anything to anyone yeah and also at the beginning he was like saying he said to some Indians that afterward you know I had some friends there uh, and they told me what he was saying and uh, he said that I had some mental sickness that only Western doctors can heal. So I went away from India for that. Then he, because I showed up in Bulgaria where devotees did know him. So he had to change the version. So after that, he starts saying that um, I was in love with his, uh, his son and I wanted to marry him who at that time was over 50 and who definitely I would never marry <laughs> India with no offense <laughs> to any Indians. Maybe, yeah, I'm very happy with my Swedish one. <laughs> 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 and, and other crazy things. And also it was like all my friends, my very good friends, just from one day to another, they just turned their back and I had so many of really offended emails and uh, I was just like thinking that this is not happening for real this maybe one day I will wake up or you know it was very hard but eventually I get to hear from Gomaraj so I mm. slowly woke up from my place have you been able to um, kind of make peace with that whole situation and maybe even see how it had some place in helping you with your spiritual journey in a positive way? Have you got yeah. into that? I mean, for sure, for sure, there are many positive things because that's the way how I enter into Krishna consciousness. And uh, like I had so much kind of, of course, drive by my ego, but so much faith in my previous guru that, um, that really showed me many, many things. And also like there, are, I definitely don't have a naive approach bhakti anymore which sometimes i see very much in people oh nice here this krishna mm. oh cute i don't have that anymore and i'm so happy about it mm. and also i can relate and see and learn the things that guru Maharaj, for example is preaching in a different way that i would have done it before i was i was totally on in another level of consciousness and and everything and as all the sufferings in life like i try to take the teaching and to understand why and how to 
to take the good out of it. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like kind of coming into Krishna consciousness. And it was more sentimental, it sounded like. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not so, so much philosophy, just, yeah. just love. And, yeah. And I wonder if you actually, you know, because I know um, Pujapaj Shri Maharaj, he yeah. said that we can make spiritual advancement even if we just have faith in a straw, piece of straw. So <laughs> I, I, I found that very interesting but it seems like if our heart is in is in the right place and our intention is right that we do make advancement even in a situation where the guru may not be um qualified so yeah. I, I wonder what your experience of that yeah. was in terms of your own you know about you know evolving spiritually in that situation yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I did some advancement in spiritual life. Maybe I just entered now, finally, to something, which before it was just some, I don't know. <laughs> but um, that's a big, that's a big step to enter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but as I say it, I totally see like, a different way to approach but also life I, I I'm way more grounded and mm -hmm. also like I ask myself like so many times how that's possible that is happening in Vrindavan in a temple mm -hmm. and to so many nice people because he's still preaching he still has disciples and there are very nice people following him and I was mm -hmm. just wondering do they deserve that or this or that? But now I just see it as um, like, I see what has done to me. And, you know, like what's like, uh, when I was in India, um, an astrologer, he told me, he started reading, I say, I say, okay, I want to know only positive things. If you have something negative, I don't want to listen. And I, I was not paying for him. <laughs> and, uh, and he say, yeah, well, you will marry um, one of your best friends when you will be over 30. And I, I was never against marriage, but I was definitely didn't want to marry anyone. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to marry anyone. And then he said, yeah, and you will go away from India and probably spend a lot of time in the north of Europe. I said, north of Europe? It's so cold. I have no desire to go. I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. And then he said something else. Uh, what was? I don't remember. Uh, he said it, something about the job. And then I was just like, these are just nonsense. Like, I, I don't, I'm not interested to go on in the, in the reading. So I say, but thank you very much. Very nice, you know. It was really accurate, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. 
everything what he said he said like five sentences and all were boom 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 <laughs> like just there yeah. Yeah. and of course when it happened that I left India I didn't think about it mm. but afterwards I thought like oh he actually said everything like so it was meant to be it was in my karma and I'm still influenced by my karma because astrology is your karma, what you come in this world with. So I just thought I had to go through that mm. in order to be here now. And that is just okay. This is wonderful. I mean, I, I wouldn't be myself now following Gurumaraj in this beautiful Sangha without that experience before. So definitely there was a good behind that well that's really that's yeah. that's wonderful and yeah developing <clears throat> yeah now a much more it's like letting your your intellect come online and the discrimination and all of the things that mm. the, the more medium conception of bhakti coming online so yeah <clears throat> And one thing I have to say, when I was very, very down, like that was almost one year, like what kind of kept my faith and my, my kind of belief in bhakti, because for maybe for one second, I thought like maybe even this bhakti thing is just all nonsense. But then I, I had my Radha Krishna deities and I thought about it while going, I remember the moment where I was in Radakum, like going out from my room. And then I look at back at them. And then I thought, no, that's, you are real. Like, and they, and I was doing at that time now, they are in Madhavan and I will go and take them back soon. But um, I was doing like uh, Shringar and changing clothes and, uh, daily service every day that that I never stopped doing it until I start working then I was doing every week but uh, that really 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 like helped me like being there and understand like and feel them because it's I mean they're not installed but they're real and there is definitely a relationship between me and them and uh, and yeah, I think thank to them also. I'm here yeah, now. Wow. Yeah. And <clears throat> you had said that in the beginning when you first were in the your that first temple that you um, were doing a lot of chanting. Was that yeah. in Japa, like kind yeah. of chanting or kirtan or both or both. Both. Yeah. So I, was, I was waking up very early in the morning chanting about three hours or two early morning and other two hours in the afternoon. There we had program at 6 p.m. So I was chanting between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. So how is, how is the holy name? How, I, I should ask you, do you feel like the holy name has been one of the things like the deities that you felt the real? <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that experience? I think yes like that definitely it's super powerful but Vrindavan itself is just super powerful yeah 
like if someone experienced that it, it just like the energy there I think something I desire something and boom I have it in front of my my face like everything and even nonsense like one today I was super stressed out and then I, I went to my room and and I thought now I will just lock my door and not open to anyone and just eat my chips I love chips by the way <laughs> eat my chips and rest for two hours then I open my counter or what whatever wherever I was keeping the chips and there were no chips there like, no. and then I hear like after a few seconds I hear knocking the door I said like, okay let's go I'm going there I opened the door and there was a devotee with 12 packages of chips and he said <laughs> he said oh I I noticed that you were doing so much service today so I bought you some chips because I know you love chips I was like thank you Trisha <laughs> Krishna's amazing like that. Yeah. I had a I had an artichoke experience when I was a new devotee. I, I loved artichokes when I was before I was a devotee, and I thought after I moved into the temple, I'll never have another artichoke, and you know I'll never see another one. <laughs> and that day, one of the devotees had been out doing the the boga shopping, and someone had donated like ten cases of artichoke. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, okay, Krishna's even fulfilling my yes. desire. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm sure I'll have a lot of, you know, I'll make it, I'm going to make it in Bhakti. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like he's, he's really there. Yeah, he, he is. Mm -hmm. And in Vrindavan, this is just happening like so fast and all the time. It's just amazing. And of course, the chanting also there is, it's super, super powerful, but my consciousness at that time in chanting was totally different. So I think I, I've done so many offenses that maybe I don't, even more than what I think, you know? And um, like, I was always like, I have to chant at least this amount of rounds. I was chanting super fast and duh, 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 but it's not so much about it's more about the quality than the quantity like so now i'm chanting very 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 little so i should definitely <laughs> rise up the quantity but of course the quality oh, is different yeah. yeah so i'm just um it's i don't I'm, I'm, we still have a lot of your story to tell. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about, um, yeah, you had spent some, quite a bit of time in Madhavan, and, yeah. and at some point you had met, met or connected with your, your husband. Maybe you could talk a little bit about both of those things. Yeah. So everything started with Guru Maharaj, of course. <laughs> and uh, at that time, I was living with a wonderful devotee family in Bulgaria, not my friends, another mm. couple with three beautiful kids. And um, they have uh, two floors, 
uh, house and I was staying on the last one, this is almost the third, but we, we were sharing, of course, the kitchen and the living room. And at the beginning, I was having my deities in their altar too. So I went down uh, one evening to put my deities to, to sleep. And I put them to sleep. And then I was walking again, up again. And in the kitchen, there was a phone uh, with Krumaraj class going on, but there was no one there. And I heard his voice and I thought, wow, such a beautiful voice, who is speaking? Then I thought, oh, it's a kata, that's wonderful. And then I read the title and it was something about Svarupa. And then I thought, that sounds interesting because at that time I didn't even want to hear from any guru. I was just fine mm. with my deity service and staying around devotees. But his voice was very, very attractive. I mean, his voice, you, you hear it, it's very beautiful. <laughs> so I sat there and uh, the owner of the phone did they, didn't show up. I just listened to all the class. And then um, I took some notes who this person was. And then the day after I asked him, who is, who, did you have the phone there yesterday? He said, yeah. And there was a class playing. Who, who was this sannyas giving class? He said, oh, it's Mami Tripurari. He lives in California. Um, Manjari, his wife, she has some books of him, he had, she had the Bhagavad Gita and um, Gopal Tapani and maybe something else. If you want to read, we can lend it to you, no problem. And I say, yeah, sure. So I got some books mm. and, <laughs> and then I start, um, I start listening to some audios. And then uh, an acquaintance, she told me, oh, do you know Tripurari? Because I was talking about what I heard of from him in the classes. And she said, oh, um, I've been in Audarya. I actually know someone from there and it's Shamananda. And uh, she said, I can give you a contact. He's super nice and do, do, do. So she gave me a contact. I oh, know. I think, yeah, I still didn't have social media at that time. So I don't remember how it really went, but after some months, I decided to open an online shop with Indian stuff. So in order to make it work, I also opened a social media and uh, I added Guru Maharaj and Shamananda. So after that, uh, Shamananda and I, we start corresponding and we, we become very, very good friends and we were all the time in contact. And then um, he, for visa purposes, he left Aldaria he went to, to Sweden, then he went to Madhavan. And when he went from Sweden to Madhavan, he lost his fly, so he bought a new one. 
but the way back, he only had the way back to Frankfurt, not to Sweden anymore. Mm. And uh, Frankfurt is almost halfway to Bulgaria. So <laughs> he was telling me that and he said, um, and I, I think I, I told me, I told, he told me something like, I don't know what to do in Frankfurt because I don't have a fly back to Sweden. They say, why don't you fly here? It was half joke, but he came there. So <laughs> two days he came in Bulgaria and then, um, yeah, we fall in love and we married. <laughs> oh, it seems like, yeah, you went through, you went through the, a lot of messiness and then yeah. well, you met your real guru and you met your husband and the devotees and the sangha and your life is, and it's interesting that, you know, you were able to connect with Gumaraj's books after yeah. you know that you know the first experience probably like you said it wasn't very philosophically informed so yeah not from, at all <laughs> to go from a sangha with zero of, of yeah. that you know kind of tattva and then to be able to enter into gurumaraj's books it's impressive to me yeah and i couldn't understand anything like until i met shamanan <laughs> because he he really knows Guru Maharaj and his teachings and he always finds a way and also in the daily talk you know if I say something he might just quoting Guru Maharaj or Guru Maharaj would say this or Guru Maharaj disagree so it's it was very like I was as say very much low like I didn't have know anything about philosophy and even the understanding of bhakti was totally I can say wrong, but different from Gaudiya perspective. So he really helped me a lot to understand how how the Guru Maharaj teachings are. Yeah, what a beautiful yeah. what a beautiful arrangement. You know, better than the chips, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, and also during all this this. Uh, messiness like i felt very much accompanied like i had a place to stay in bulgaria before with one beautiful family devoted and with another one and then when i had time and money and i found a job then i found my own flat but i was not in a hurry there was always someone helping me taking care of me and there were always devotees so definitely there was some some mystical push yeah 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 so interesting is one question that came to mind at the very beginning that maybe i um would like to ask is just the fearlessness that you had to go to you know to go traveling on your own as a young woman in a, <laughs> in a world today that's pretty you know it was different in my day. I think it was easier and maybe not quite yeah. as as unsafe. So where did that how, come from? Is that just, you know, do you still have that fearlessness? What's in, in process? Yeah, I wouldn't call it fearlessness. Maybe just 
like naiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> or I like I started traveling since I was five practically mm-hmm. and for me really like traveling is not a big deal like also when I left from Italy one way to London and many friends were like oh you're such a good example you're so good to do they were just like just buy a ticket and jump on the flight you know it's not a big deal (laughs) (laughs) and but afterwards like at that time I was very much I can't say arrogant but somewhat arrogant like just do that if you want to do or this or that but now I can understand you know there's a lot of attachment and people some people can't even change their their birth country or home because they have the family or friends but i i don't i never had that since my childhood i never felt really home in any place honestly maybe in vrindavan but then that happened so and i i see very much that it's very much like emotional and uh, emotions are good of course but most of the time are dictated from our ego from our needs from our Mm. karma and uh, it's important i think to to see that yeah like and it's also normal to change your mind like on the time there's not that i think that what i was thinking when i was 20 it's still the, th- the things that I'm thinking now. You evolve and change and everything. But um, I honestly don't feel attached to places or countries. Mm. So I think it's more that than fearlessness. Like, and also I'm sometimes, now a little less, but sometimes I too, I'm too impulsive. This is from the Italian side. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know like oh india wonderful people are great like just buy i'm going you know i found the the light in life the meaning everything and you can't understand that so i'm gonna go to india so yeah so that would doubt the follow-up question to that which is kind of the um culmination of um everything you've been through at this point in your life is what gifts or how do you see that you have changed and and the gifts that you've received yeah the gifts are like my husband my gurudev all of you are just everyday gift and i'm just swimming inside it's so beautiful and um, what, what I learned, I learned many things, but one I can think of, maybe that it's wrong to not follow your values. Like, you know, my previous guru, he, he was doing like, almost criminal things you know things that I was telling myself oh he's 
he's my guru dev, he can do that. Or he was asking him to do something that was not so nice. And then I was doing it because it was service. He told me to do that. I'm going to do that. Then it becomes saintly or whatever. And that I don't think it's correct. Because if you have some value, it doesn't matter who, who's telling you what. I mean, we are all humans here. And of course, Krishna is inside of everyone and everything. But we're here for a reason to just develop in our consciousness. So to, to really not like trust your value. And of course, during the years, the value can change because you change. But if, uh, I don't know, if Kumaraj tells me, now you have to break up with Shamananda and go with these other devotees, I'm not gonna do that even if it's Gurmaraj telling me. Mm. Because one thing is to find a compromise. Right. But to compromise your value, it's different because a compromise can be something that is anyway okay. Like I don't like to wash dishes and my husband also, that's not true. It's just an example. <laughs> he almost always washes the dishes. But uh, like, for example, we both don't like, so we get a compromise. We, three days I wash and three days he wash and then we turn and that's a compromise. And then it's okay because I don't, I don't break my values. But if someone is compromising with my values, then I won't do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point is that I think, you know, anything that does go against values of, you know, that are, are grounded in goodness and morality and ethics, yes. that if, if, if someone in a leadership position is asking us to, um, tra you know, to um, transgress that, those values, then, yeah, that's when, I mean, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. So exactly. we go, we go, and we see, does this match what the scriptures say? And does this match what, and find other, you know, Sadhus to talk about? And, and you did do that in your journey. It sounds like you reached out at, yeah. at that when you finally, you know, heard that the, the transgression was much greater than you even thought. Yeah. You reached out to other and then, yeah and i know sometimes it's it's very hard to realize that because our mind is just bringing our mind is made to be corrupted because mm -hmm. there is this safety um, program in our brain from our childhood and our ancestors and uh, like if i tell you uh can you can you lie to to this person just a small lie you might think about and say hmm, maybe not but what if i tell you i'm gonna give you 500 million dollars only thing you have to do just a small small little lie to that person that you even don't know then you really start thinking ah what can i do with this 500 million maybe i can give one million to group mirage so i'm safe and uh, you know and 
and and these things are happening like without really understanding us being able to see them during the day so i think it's very important to to analyze yes. to make some some self self work and try to go to your day and think was i was i was that was I nice today or did I do this correctly? Maybe ask some seniors, some help, yes. because also in, in difficult, when you have difficult decision, sometimes you just can't figure it out by yourself. And nice. Yes. Yeah. Very beautiful. Okay. So just looking at the time, I would like to um, <clears throat> give the devotees a chance to ask any questions they might have. Um, so let's see if, if we have any questions, if that's okay. It's like you're okay. You're yes. yes, sure. If so. I can help. <laughs> sure about it. So unmute yourself if you have a question or if it's on the Spanish side. Um, and Martin can um, maybe translate for you. A couple of things in the chat. I didn't even check that. Any questions? Okay. Hare Krishna. Wow, thank you so much for like telling your story and your amazing journey. Oh, I was always like listening. Uh, I was first on Indra, the... I think you yes. should put English and unmute the original oh, audio. We can't hear you. But Martin, I think Martin has a question he yeah. wanted to ask himself. Right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Um, can you hear me now better? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for like telling your journey and I'm so excited for how it continues to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my question would be um, like two little questions. Um, are you still in touch with your friend who sent you to Vrindavan? And can you tell us maybe a bit more about like your business that you're doing in the, um, in the present? Yes, what did you say before my business? Um, if you're still in touch with a friend ah. who sent you to Vrindavan. No. Because he was like the first devotee. Oh, no. Yeah, no, but we have a kind of uh, family relationship. <laughs> because I brought my brother, my youngest brother, to Vrindavan. And uh, I, I really loved his youngest sister of the first devotee who sent me to Vrindavan. And uh, I just told them, both my brother and uh, the sister, I thought, you would be such a wonderful couple. You have to meet and da, 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 da. And then they met and now they are married and they have two wonderful kids. So now I'm somehow related in, uh, with him, but I, I met him one time for sure, maybe two, two times after that. And um, and it was nice, but we didn't talk about what happened. We just been polite, and we both were happy that 
each other are fine and that's it. Yeah. And uh, the second question was my business uh, like with the yoga. Yeah, so I did uh, one year training with Buddhi Yoga. So Govinda Dasi was my teacher and Martin who is translating now, he was also a student there. So we took the diploma at the same time. And uh, it was very beautiful because of course it was made from devotees. So there was a totally different approach to, to yoga and its philosophy. So it started because when I was in Madhuvan, we were thinking how to make some income in Madhuvan that they, they, they can't just rely on donations and that the donation would be just a plus because as the situation now is a little bit tight every month. So we just thought, oh, we can make a yoga, kind of yoga center, make retreats and this and that. So I thought, okay, I know yoga. I've been teaching yoga without certificate, but I've been doing that. So I can do that. Then uh, Govinda Dasi, she came to, to Madhavan. And then I asked if I can, I can do something with her and with Guru Maharaj blessings. Then I started the course. So now um, I'm teaching yoga, but in a little bit different way. Like I'm now specializing more in yoga for female, for women, uh, following their own menstrual cycle because we have all the seasons inside. So following the Vedic um, principles of Vata Pitta Kappa, how to do yoga during your inner seasons. And um, yeah, that I'm planning to sell some courses there now in the autumn. Awesome. And for everybody <laughs> who hasn't watched it, it's really an amazing video. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And sign up to your newsletter too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Anna Purana.
the second question yes but not the first one ah yeah well um it starts being a little weird when I say, I told you before, he gave me some very crazy kind of service. Like I had to go to, to New Delhi to one of his son and open a business. And he was, the son was just sitting in bed, smoking cigarettes, playing poker on the phone and things like that. So I start kind of questioning what was really happening and there's something little start breaking up and um, and then the moment that my friend just opened up with me uh, that was like I think the moment when I say okay I, I can't do this anymore and uh, if he tried to take me back or something like that she asked well at the beginning when I was kind of um, confused for one day I was still there and uh, he was wondering what was happening and when I left he tried to call me of course but then when someone this brahmachari from Sweden I guess or someone told him what I said why I left then he just starts saying to everyone, just she's crazy, close your contacts with her and this and that. So there was not much connection after that. Thank you. <clears throat> so Martin, did you have your own your own question? <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice because, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, that's nice you ask because I always wanted to do things a little differently. So, I actually started from Santiago de Compostela and uh, the, the main path is not ending in Santiago de Compostela, but everyone goes to Santiago de Compostela. It's ending in Muxia, which is uh, a country in the, on the ocean. So I went from Santiago to point zero because there are some stones during the path where that, that are saying how many kilometers are missing to the end point that is in the ocean. So I went there. From, then from there, I walk, we walk a little bit more up to Fisterra, this another town, uh, town or city, I don't know. And then we went back to Santiago. Thank you. Oh, so Martin, before you disappear, um, how was your experience with the uh, translation? Were we speaking too fast or? 
Great, great. Well, thank you so much for, for pitch hitting. Is that what they call it? Pitch hitting? Oh, Shamananda um, has a question, he said. Okay, Shamananda. Okay, can I just ask again? Yeah. I just wanted to ask, because I remember you telling me uh, that when you came to India, you prayed to the deities to, oh, yeah. to show you the, to take you as soon as possible to the goal, like the <laughs> fastest route to the goal. Yeah. Something like that. The last time I went to India, this was not the last time, but uh, uh, the last time in that temple, um, I was like, that was like my move forever. Like, I'm not gonna leave this place anymore. Like, I'm gonna stay to Vrindavan for the rest of this life. And uh, the first thing I went to the temple, to Radha and Krishna, and uh, I told Radha, I said, please, please, whatever way is the fastest to you, I'm ready to take that. And I'm going to go through whatever you want, but I want to reach your feet. And then <laughs> that's that. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that anymore <laughs> to any <laughs> deity in the world. <laughs> sincere devotee and and full of ego (laughs) that's all of us that's 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 the part why we have all the messiness (laughs) krishna's not helping us to um you know transform that that um exploiting ego as gumaraj says into a serving ego and so that that we can actually see all of our our challenges in okay. the, you know, and that through that lens, and it's, it's very helpful. But it was really beautiful. I appreciate so much hearing your story. Um, getting to know the devotees like this is just mm. so nice. It's you know, like because we see each other, you know, on calls and little, yeah. you know, little bits of um, conversation and exchange, but. To, to really hear your whole story. Well, I mean, it's not your whole story, but it, it's in part. <laughs> in part. It, yeah. It, it's very meaningful to me. So I really appreciate so much. And I'm sure all the devotees on here, and, and it seems like we've been getting a lot of views on the YouTube channel and on the Sri Chaitanya Sangha also. So there'll be over 100 devotees probably in the next few days watching this interview so mm. i'm gonna you know and it'll be out there for forever and die <laughs> <laughs> forever so thank you so much and i guess um it's i guess our time is pretty much up unless there's one burning question still out there um and if not we'll We'll close on next um, next week. We have Shama Sundar um, going to be. He'll be the um, the uh, sage that we'll be interviewing, and so that'll be nice. Another Italian. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some Italian, and then from Madhavan also. And I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing his story because, yeah, I asked 
all the devotees will hopefully be able to, some devotees have been too shy to participate, but um, I know a lot of you will are gonna be able to tap into your world also very soon. And you too soon, hopefully. Yeah, I think um, I think um, 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 Manan Gopal had asked if he could do it, mm. you know, do an interview with me. And I think we're thinking about maybe the last week of July. So good. Yeah, so I'll be able to share my story too. So exactly. well, thank you, everyone. Hare thank Krishna. You. We'll see everybody soon. Um, on one of the calls and the participation is wonderful seeing all your smiling faces is very um, encouraging so <laughs> Andrea's got the biggest smile back there I just love it <laughs> okay Hare Krishna my dear devotees Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.